Today's reading is Philippians 3, verse 15 to 21. All of us, then, who are mature, should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For, as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. This is the word of the Lord. Morning, everybody. Um, As James has said, it's... uh great to be able to be here uh, this, this morning and yeah I guess for all of us the sort of elephant in the room is the announcement yesterday and, and what's that going to mean and what changes is that going to bring and how we're going to respond to it. Um, I've had a little foretaste of that, these are my sermon notes and anyone who's close to the front will see there's lots of scrawls and scribbles that were added this morning um, because yeah things, things just feel a bit different don't they? Um, apologies if any of it feels like it doesn't quite land for that reason. I, I uh, yes, was trying to just work out how this passage was going to connect with where we are. Um, but there is something really helpful in this passage that we're going to see, I think, uh, the passage uh, which Esther read for us uh, a moment ago. And um, it's that idea that the future affects the present. Uh, What we think of the future affects the present, and I guess we all know that really strongly right at this moment. I don't know what your temperament's like. I don't know if you're the sort of person who heard the announcement yesterday, thought, right, Thursday, that's when it's happening, therefore Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm going to cram in as much as I can, all the things I'm allowed to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, before uh, Thursday comes. Or maybe you're the kind of temperament that says, well, if it's happening on Thursday, I want to get ready for it. So I'm going to live as though the the new restrictions are already in place because that'll help me sort of get used to what's coming. Maybe you're on one side of that, maybe you're on the other, maybe you're somewhere in the middle. But but what's coming, let me untangle myself there, what's coming in the future affects the present. What's coming in the future affects uh, the present. Uh, And that's the theme we're going to see in this passage. The central command of the passage is in verse 17, where Paul says, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. He's basically saying, strive together, which we've heard uh, a number of times through this series, and Paul is saying it again. He's, He's keeping a consistent message. He's pointing to people like himself and Timothy and Epaphroditus who live as he do, he does. Uh, as a good example, a good model of what that looks like. But if it was just a repeat of what we'd seen before, uh, then I guess it wouldn't be as, as useful to us as the passage is, because actually uh, it, it's doing something a little bit more. 
and to try and explain uh, what it's doing, um, I-, I want to introduce you to a couple of people who, during lockdown, have been in our house quite a lot. Don't panic, we haven't broken any regulations. But uh, these, these two. Yeah. Uh, I've started watching lots of old episodes of MasterChef. I am that cool. And... Um, one thing they say on MasterChef sometimes is, oh, I love the sauce, it really brings the dish together, or, or something like that. I don't quite know what it means, but I, I think uh, what we're seeing in this passage is, is Paul bringing the letter together. Lots of the ideas, lots of the themes he's been talking about in previous weeks that we've seen, all are brought together now in this passage um, uh, to, to, to make his point clear. Uh, and straightforward, and uh, to keep the MasterChef theme going, uh, I've called them three key ingredients or three key words that he uses in this passage that are, that are helpful for us to think about. The only problem is, because this is written in English, which is, which is great, so we can all understand it, we sometimes miss some of the key words because they get translated differently, which is uh, in some ways uh, a shame. But um, here's the first word. Uh, It's a Greek word, phroneo, often translated mind. Uh, In your uh, uh, versions in front of you, the NIVs in front of us, uh, in verse 15 it says, if on some point you think differently. Well, literally, if on some point you have a different mind. Uh, In verse uh, 19, uh, it is translated as mind when it's talking about the enemies uh, of the cross. Their mind is set on earthly things. Now, Mind has been a theme that's been developing since chapter 2. Do you remember when Paul was telling us to have the mind of Christ? Well, here it is in this passage. Paul's bringing it back in, bringing it together. Uh, Another Greek word, peripateo, means walk or live. How you walk, how you live. Uh, So uh, it's there in verse 16. Only let us live up to, only let us walk out our lives, live out our lives. Uh, Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Verse 17, keep uh, your eyes on those who live, literally who walk, as we do. Verse 18, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Many walk in a different way, a different direction. And the third key word, key ingredient, is um, goal or end. Um, uh, This one's quite funny. This is translated a a few different ways here. So... um, Last week in verse 12, um, Paul was talking about uh, uh, he hadn't already arrived at his goal, his final destination. And so he was pressing on forwards. Uh, And then there's lots of little plays on words in this passage. So in verse 15, it says, all of us who are mature, uh, and that is literally uh, the same word, uh, all of us who, who think we've reached maturity, reached our goal, reached our ends. And then verse 19 Uh, where are we their destiny in verse 19 is the same word again their their goal, their end point and so these words crop up quite a lot in this passage as you can see and actually have been cropping up quite a lot in Philippians uh, to this point and Paul brings them all together Uh, and what I think his big point here is look, the way you're actually going to live when it comes down to it uh, depends on how you think what your mindset is And it depends on where you think you're going, what your end point is. Um, That's that's true, I guess, uh, that's true for all of us, you know, how we think about the world and and where we think we're going really determine how we walk or live 
in the meantime. And so when Paul says he wants them to strive together, as he has been saying, week after week after week, in order to do that, they're going to have to have the right mindset and they're going to have to see the right future in front of them. I was thinking of an example of this uh, from, from literature, uh, and the one I, I came up with is Macbeth. Now, some of you might remember Macbeth studying it at school or, or something like that, but Macbeth's a classic example of somebody who, the way he thinks about the world and the way he thinks about the future determines the way he lives. Now, he's a tragic example, a bad example, an example not to follow in, in this case, but uh, toward the end of the play, uh, there's Kenneth Branagh, that's Macbeth. Uh, toward the end of the play, uh, he receives the news, spoiler alert, that his, his wife dies. And uh, M- Macbeth does his soliloquy, quite a famous soliloquy, and he basically says she would have died anyway. It was always going to happen. Uh, and he gives you his view of what life is. Uh, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in life's pretty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time. And all our yesterdays of lighted fools, the way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle. That's what Macbeth says. Life is just a brief candle, that's it. Life is but a walking shadow. A poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It's a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. That's what Macbeth thinks life is. And because he thinks like that about what life is, the way he lives his life is he just lives for now. There's nothing to come afterwards, so all he does in all his life is try and get as much power, as much wealth, as much whatever as he wants as he can. He just lives his life his own way for himself. Well, Paul is saying uh, here today, look, there's, there's, there's two, two different examples in front of us, as Pete was saying. Two ways to think. Two ways to walk, two ways to end. Uh, And they're going to be the ways we're going to briefly look at this. Um, Yeah. So the way the passage works there, verses 15 to 17, is basically Paul restating his command. Join together, follow me, strive with me. Uh, And then he gives two reasons. If you live for this world, it'll end in destruction, but living for the next world offers you hope. That's basically how the passage is working. Uh, And so we're going to examine those two ways of living, two ways of thinking, two ways of ending. I've clicked on too far, I believe. Uh, Apologies. that um, I've just seen Jez uh, running to fix my error, which is great. Uh, But that's our basic um, uh, structure. Okay, so let's start at the top. Two ways to think. What mind do you have? And Paul says, think like me. All of us then, who are mature, should take such a view of things, should think like me. If on some point you think differently, God will make that clear to you. Uh, Paul is confident that his mindset is the right one. It is the God-given mindset. It's the mindset that we've seen in Jesus and Timothy and Epaphroditus throughout the letter. It's the mindset of putting other people first. It's the mindset that considers that we haven't arrived at our destination, that we still have uh, to press on toward the goal. Those are two key points of this mindset. Uh, We haven't already arrived at our final destination, uh, and we should put one another first, uh, as Jesus showed us. I don't know how you feel about that right now. 
One of the great blessings that I found spiritually when, when lockdown first hit was the number of people in our church family who were like, what can we do? They wanted to put others first. They were thinking of others in their situation. And that's a great blessing. I, I hope it was a blessing to you. It was a blessing to me. Um, I don't know how you feel this time around. I, I don't know if you're a little weary. Can I really do that again? Well, Paul would say... That mindset of Jesus's needs to be our mindset too. We must think as Jesus thought and as Paul thought. That's the first way to think. What mind do you have? Do you have that Jesus mindset? The opposite, of course, is found in verse 19. It's the mind of the enemies. Their mind is set on earthly things. Like uh, Macbeth, perhaps, they think there is no future beyond this one. This life is all there is, and therefore the only way to live is to make my life now as comfortable as possible. If that's the way you think, then that will play itself out in the way you live. What, what mind do you have? Are you going to have the Christ-like mindset, or are you going to have... The mindset of the enemy, the the mindset that looks to a future goal that we've not arrived at, or the mindset that says, this is all there is. Uh, The mindset that says, I'm going to love and serve others and put them first and their interests before my own, or or the mindset that says, no, no, this life's all there is and all that matters is me getting out of it what I can. Two ways to think, Paul says. Uh, Two ways to walk, how will you live? Uh, And Paul says, join together, verse 17, in following my example, brothers and sisters. Uh, You have us as a model. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do, who walk the way we walk. And the way Paul walks is the costly road of the cross. He thinks like Jesus thinks so that he might live like Jesus lived. Jesus thought of others more significant than himself, Philippians 2 said. And so what did Jesus spend his life doing? Putting them first, actually living it out, acting that way. And here Paul says, uh, that's the example that Jesus set us. It's the example Timothy and Epaphroditus follow. It's the example I follow. So, so look at the way we live. Look at the way this actually works out in practice, says Paul. Now, it was vitally important for the Philippians, of course, to have those examples because they didn't have a complete written down New Testament yet. So what it actually looked like to follow Jesus hadn't been fleshed out or spelled out in quite the same detail as we have it in the pages of the Bible. And so those examples must have been vitally important and precious. And they are still important, aren't they? When you see those who have that mindset and live it out, as it was such a blessing to me to see so many of you dig deep, strive together, love and serve others, uh, those examples spur me on. I hope they spur you on. Two ways uh, to think, two ways to walk, uh, two ways to end. What is your goal? Uh, And so uh, we'll start with a negative one this time in in verse 19 again. The enemies of the cross of Christ, their goal, their destiny is destruction. Their destiny is destruction. See, if you live just for this world and you find that actually this world is where you've put all your hope and all your trust, then... Actually, Paul says, in the end, you'll, you'll kind of get what you want. <laughs> this will be all it is for you. There'll be nothing beyond. No, none of the joy and the hope that could be yours. B- 
because Paul actually gives us a bigger vision in verses 20 and 21. They're great verses, so I'm going to read them for us again. I think they're important and helpful verses for us right now. Our citizenship is in heaven. We eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Paul says, if if you're just living for this world and this world is your final destination, your destiny is nothing. But if you're living for Jesus, if you have the Christ-like mindset, if you're walking like Paul and others like him, then you're one of those whose citizenship is in heaven. He's using deliberately imperial Roman language. It was a great honor to be a Roman citizen in that day. And Paul says, I am a citizen of a higher city. An imperial visit would bring order and peace to, a, to an area. You know, if the emperor came in, then you'd have all the soldiers coming in and order and peace and harmony would be restored as the emperor. And there's a great party and a, a procession. And Paul says, I don't know if you've ever seen an imperial visit, maybe he's saying to them, and on all the joy it brings and the order it brings, well, let me tell you, there's a, there's a greater visit. The true king of kings, the true emperor is coming back, as we, sang, as we heard earlier, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he comes, let me tell you, there'll be peace and order and joy like never before. Because by his power, so much greater than Caesar's, he will bring everything under his control. What a word for us today. Life feeling out of control, making plans and having to change them. There is a Lord Jesus Christ who who has the power and will, he promises, come back and bring everything under his control. A day to come when restrictions won't be needed anymore because viruses, they'll be under Jesus' control and he can deal with them. A day when we will have a new body, our lowly bodies, so frail and subject to change and decay now. That the hope of Christianity is Jesus will give us a body like his resurrected body. I know sometimes as Christians we talk about being resurrected, being given new bodies. It, it might sound a bit, a bit weird to some of our friends. We might try and shy away from the, the stuff that makes us sound a bit weird. This is what we need, isn't it? This is the hope Christians have been proclaiming for 2,000 years. Jesus will transform this whole creation and our bodies, he will bring in a new age where things like viruses will not have any say. And for those who have the mindset of Christ, for those who understand that that is their goal, Paul says, so keep striving. Keep striving. This isn't all there is. This isn't This isn't it. Keep that hope before you. Because we haven't already arrived. And so which way are you going to walk? I think that's the challenge of the passage. And it'll be a big challenge for each of us in in the days and and weeks to come. It'd be very easy to turn in on ourselves, to just think of ourselves. Uh, In in some ways I could understand it. And I'm, I'm sure in some ways I'll be tempted to be doing that in the next few days and weeks. But actually, if this hope is big and bright in our vision, 
Will it change the way we respond to this situation? Will it make us as Christians in our communities look different? Will it make us live differently? Will we keep this hope ever before our eyes? Can we encourage one another this week to keep reminding ourselves we have a glorious saviour, Jesus Christ, who is coming to transform everything. He is coming. And will we allow that future to change the way we think and change the way we walk? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this message of Philippians that we're to strive together. But, but thank you that you don't just give us a command to strive together. You give us examples, wonderful examples of what it looks like in Jesus and Timothy, Epaphroditus, Paul. But more than that, you give us a vision, a vision of a future. A vision of a hope that can drive us on, that can motivate us as we seek to strive together. I pray that this week you'll keep that vision before each of our eyes, that you will help us keep the the vision before each other's eyes, that we'd see these two examples, uh, living as an enemy or, or, or living the way Paul did. And we'd see their destinations. We'd see the goodness of the Christ-like mindsets. We'd see the joy of the, the hope that Jesus brings. And that would strengthen us and sustain us through what might be difficult times in the next weeks in particular. But actually that'll strengthen and sustain us in all circumstances as we continue to strive to live for Jesus. Help us do that together, we pray. In his name, amen.